the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Praise God. Our text is taken from Philippians chapter 2, verses 17 to the 30th verse. And the title of the message is, A Mindset of Selflessness. A group of six-year-old kids were asked what they wanted to be when they grow up. And as expected, you get the usual answer. One kid said, well, I want to be a doctor. The other says, I want to be a firefighter. Another said, I'm going to be a pilot. But there's, only, there's always that one kid that will throw everybody off. And when asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? He said, I want to be your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And when he was asked, why do you want to be Spider-Man? He said, because I can do so many things as a superhero than I could ever do by just simply being me. Now, that kid may not be old enough to understand life or understand anything about career choices, but his answer has some real profound truths in it. He thinks that being a superhero will allow him to help people in ways that he couldn't help them if he was just him. And I think that's absolutely true with a Christian mindset. That's how we're supposed to think. We want to make a difference in the world, but we will not be able to do it without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We're committed to making a difference in the life of people in this world, but our motivation is to make an eternal difference. You need to make a note of that. The, the kind of difference we want to make in the lives of people, in our own lives even, and in the, life of the, people, the lives of the people we encounter, has something to do with an eternal perspective. And that makes a whole lot of difference in how we approach this life and our mission and ministry as followers of Jesus in this world. And we'll not be able to do it unless the Holy Spirit empowers us to do it because with the help of the Holy Spirit we're going to have an eternal perspective and that eternal perspective helps us see people from the standpoint of eternity and that's how we conduct our mission and our ministry as Christians in this world the Holy Spirit cannot empower us however without first us being empty before the Holy Spirit can pour God's love can pour his power can pour his wisdom into our lives. We must first be emptied. We must be emptied of ourselves. We need to learn how to empty ourselves of ourselves. Now, here in Philippians chapter 2, verses 17 to 30, Paul gives us three examples, three people. He uses three people, including himself, to exemplify for us what the mind of selflessness looks like. Now, remember, it takes 
being empty of our own mechanisms and our own selves before the Holy Spirit can come and pour something in us to be able for us uh, to, to be uh, used by God with, with an eternal purpose. And so here Paul exemplifies that using three examples, including himself. He uses himself, Timothy, and Epaphroditus. Okay, so that's basically what this message is going to be about. The portrait of a selfless person, how a selfless mind works. Beginning with verse 17, Paul writes, But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifices and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for his own interest, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him so that when you see him again, you may be glad and I may have less anxiety. So then, welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor, people like him, because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. Using himself along with Timothy and Epaphroditus, Paul point, uh, paints for us a character portrait of what a mindset of a selfless person looks like. Okay, Number one, you got three things uh, to write down this morning. Number one, the mindset of selflessness, first of all, rejoices in the opportunity to give. If we develop a, 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 mindset, a mindset of selflessness, okay, if we're going to be selfless, it begins with that sense of joy in the opportunity to give. Look at verse 17 again. Paul writes, But even if I'm being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifices and service coming from your faith, I'm glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Paul is saying, I have given up my life for you. I'm pouring my life for you. I am an ambassador of Jesus just as you are. And with that uh, characterization, we need to learn or know how to give of ourselves. And Paul says, literally, my life has been given and has been poured out for your benefit, for the benefit of the advancement of your faith and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He was comparing himself to Jesus. You know, in, in Hebrews, Jesus uh, was, was portrayed as someone who went to the cross for the sheer joy of accomplishing our redemption and our salvation. And that's what Paul was saying. As Christians, our attitude should be, our mindset should be, uh, 
this, 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 this joy that comes from seeing others advance and flourish in their relationship with God. Paul says, I'm being poured out like a drink offering. I'm literally giving my life for the joy of seeing your faith move forward. He offered his life, literally, spiritually, literally and spiritually, and he's doing it with joy because he's seeing the benefit of his life taking, uh, having, having the fruit of maturity and growth in the life of people that God sent his way. Now, now th that, that is a picture of what Jesus does for us. You know, Jesus said in, 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 uh, in one of his last uh, great declarations before he went to the cross, he says, whoever is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And I will give him water that wells up to eternal life. And out of that person who drinks from me will flow from them rivers of living water. Now, Paul was saying, I drank from the life of Jesus. I received that water of life. And that water of life gave me the ability to pour out to you that same life. That's my ministry. That's my mission. And that's your ministry and mission as well. Each and every one of us have drank from the well of life that Jesus provided. Amen? That's why you're here this morning. Hopefully you're not here because of some, some tradition or some ritual or some, you know, some other motivation. You're here this morning because the Lord has poured his love, has poured the water of life into us. And that water needs to flow out of us as well. And we rejoice in seeing that water being drank by the people that God sends our way. Every Christian rejoices in the prospect of giving themselves okay every single one of us have that joy you're here this morning because you want to give of yourself not only to god but to other people we are not just the light of the world okay jesus says you are the light of the world but we're more than that we're not just the salt of the earth jesus says you are the salt of the earth but we're more than that we're also water fountains we are the water of life here on earth that's a big calling that's a big order. That's a tall order. But that's who we are. Sadly, uh, when, when, when it talks about giving of ourselves, when the subject of give, giving comes up, it's almost always centered on, you know, material or monetary types and forms of giving. But giving of our time and talents and treasures, although a big part of Christian stewardship, although they are a big part of being Christians, it's just a small part of what it means to give of ourselves. Our mission is to pour ourselves in the lives of other people for the advancement of their faith. We're water fountains. Now, we are not responsible for other, spe other people's spiritual growth. We're not responsible for that. We are responsible, however, for providing an atmosphere and an environment from which people can grow and that's the analogy is like a water fountain you know you can't force people to drink from a water fountain but the water fountain is there and that's you and i okay we're responsible for creating that environment from which others can grow uh, we, we're like again like water fountains and although we can't force anyone to drink from us we better make sure that that life 
whatever we have is being poured out so that people can drink from it. What do we really celebrate here on Sunday mornings? What, what, what compels us to rejoice? What, what's, what's the point of rejoicing this morning? Why did we uh, come and sing these songs? Why do we celebrate Sunday morning? Well, somebody will say, well, we worship because we rejoice in our salvation. That's very true. We're here this morning to celebrate the glory of God. And we rejoice in that. We rejoice in the goodness of God. And you, you, you have to say amen to that. And that's the reason why we come here. But there is a much more profound reason why we come together. I'm, I'm not saying it's more profound than the ones that I've mentioned, but it's as equally profound in, in our celebration. It's this idea that God rejoices in seeing us pour our lives for each other so that we can grow in the knowledge and admonition of Jesus. That's God's source of joy. You know that when we come and, and encourage one another and we, we, we sing these songs together and when we pray together, God rejoices in that. And that's at the heart of why we come together in worship. If you want to see God rejoice, advance. Let's advance in our knowledge of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing else gives God more joy than that. That's his number one source of joy. And when we pour out ourselves to see each other grow in the knowledge and admonition of the Lord, God's heart rejoices. And that's the source of our joy too. Seeing the development of other Christians' faith, each other's faith, our growth in the Lord. I want to tell you this morning, and I don't want to say this because you come here on Sunday uh, at to worship God and to be at church. But I want to say this to you this morning. It's a joy and a pleasure to see you here this morning. It's a tremendous joy and pleasure to see God's people. For me personally, I rejoice in that. Not because you're listening to me. You don't have to. But I rejoice because I can see. I can see for every opportunity we provide for each other to be in fellowship, to be in worship. That's advancing our lives towards eternity. This meeting matters in eternity. It will matter. These are the kinds of things that God will remember. And I take joy in that. I take great joy in that because this will be remembered in eternity. It will make a difference in eternity. I would have made a difference in someone's life here for eternity. You would have made a difference for someone's life here for eternity. Not just an unbeliever, but for all of us here, it'll make a difference. The chit-chatting we do after the service, the little encouraging words, all of that counts for eternity. As a pastor, I've conducted countless of weddings and funerals and baptisms. I can't remember any of them. <laughs> I know that might offend some of you, but I have conducted countless, countless. I'm an old man of 37 now. Let me just remind you. And I've done this many, many times. Many, many people. To be honest with you, I don't remember a thing I said. And I don't remember, I don't expect that people will remember the things that I've said either. I don't put that kind of expectations. But from time to time, I would go to Starbucks. 
And I would buy a, uh, you know, small mocha. That's my favorite thing at Starbucks. And from time to time, a barista will say to me, here's a large mocha. Thank you, pastor, for conducting my uncle's funeral. I don't even remember the guy. I don't remember what I said. I don't remember who the uncle was. But he says, thank you for being there. And I said, if I had known that, I would have ordered a sandwich (laughs) (laughs) with a coffee. The point of the matter is it, it's, it's not at, at the level of w- what we think. We're pouring our lives. And it's, you, know, you may think, oh, it's not a big deal. It's my job. I do it. It's my job. And it's not about a job. It's about pouring ourselves. Don't worry about whether they liked what you, know, what you said or what you've done or what you gave. The fact of the matter is they're going to remember that you're there. That's the most important thing. You know how many people have visited in the hospital before they died? So many. Some of them survive, some of them don't. Don't invite me if you want to take that risk. And yet, what I always encounter is that people don't really care what you had to say that much or what you had to do for them, but they will remember that you're there. And you know what? I had this feeling in my gut that in heaven we probably won't even remember the people that we ministered to, but God will remember because we made ourselves available and we poured ourselves in that situation. You know what? You know, I give the worship team a hard time all the time simply because I just want to challenge them because I believe that they're the greatest worship team in the world. I really do believe that. Yeah, there you go. You know, he had a triple mocha with the... Triple caffeine shot in it. But you know what? When they, when they do these things, you know, sometimes, you know, I mean, we're, we're off step a little bit, all of us, when we lead worship. But here's one thing I can tell you about these guys. They're pouring themselves. Okay? They're pouring themselves. That's what they're doing. Okay? You know, sometimes, you know, we, we're out of tune. Sometimes, you know, the guitars don't work. When we have an important visitor coming in, the mics don't work. All of that stuff's real, you know. And I used to blame the devil. <laughs> but now I realize it's not the devil. It's technology. But beyond all of that, loved ones, it's pouring their life. And don't take that for granted. Don't take for granted praying for somebody and doing all of that because it matters for eternity. Every time we encourage people to advance their lives, every time we show people that, 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 that what, what, what they do matters to us, if, if, they're, if they're going in a direction that, that they're not supposed to go to in their life, every time we give them a loving counsel, that's pouring our lives into them. And they may, not, they may resent it sometimes when we tell people the truth, amen. Sometimes, you know, it doesn't come out right. Sometimes we think we're being attacked. But, but when we do it with love and gentleness and respect, it will matter for eternity because the, the, the Bible speaks of those things. The Bible says, you know, avoid this thing, avoid that thing, uh, avoid uh, performing these types of things in your life. I mean, we're being warned time and time again, especially in the, in, the, in the New Testament. But God sends us people to pour their lives to us, to bring us to a place where we can advance, we can move forward. And you know what? That matters 
for eternity. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who will hear. I think that's a beautiful verse. It's what we do. Sometimes we don't even think about it. But it's pouring our lives. Now I think we get the point that we rejoice in giving ourselves just as Jesus in giving himself rejoices in the fact that we are being redeemed by his shed blood. To rejoice, to see other people come to faith in Jesus and grow is imitating Christ. Now, there's a second uh, character portrait of a selfless mind. And that is a selfless mind, a selfless person, is one whose regard for others is genuine. Is one whose regard for others is genuine. Look at verses 19 to 24. He uses the example of Timothy. Uh, uh, listen to Paul's commendation of Timothy, particularly in verse 20. He called him his son in the faith. And he writes this about him. He says, I have no one else like Timothy who will show you genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interest, not those of Jesus Christ. Genuine regard for others can only come through genuine faith in Jesus. Okay, that's a big statement, by the way, okay? And I want you to think about that. That's a big statement, and I'm going to defend that statement against the perspective of eternity, okay? Genuine regard for others can only come through genuine faith in Jesus. The word genuine used here carries the idea of natural outgrowth or a result of something. It is born out of something. That's what the word genuine means here. You know, I like eating rice. I don't know why I'm illustrating about food today, but I like eating rice. <laughs> rice is a staple food for me. I don't know for you. You know, it's some of you, it's pasta. Some of you, it's bread. But for me, it's, it's rice. But I have some blood sugar issues, and rice is filled with, you know, sugar, carbohydrates in general is uh, rich with sugar, so I can't have too much rice. So what do I do? I look for an imitation rice. All right. And I found a couple. There's quinoa, which I can't spell, so I said no. I don't, I don't want that. Okay, I don't eat something I can't spell. All right, so there's quinoa, but I found one that comes close, and it's called cauliflower rice. And um, I can't spell it either, but it's better than quinoa, all right? So I tried it for a couple of times, and you know what? Just doesn't work. <laughs> imitation rice is just like imitation crab. Imitation crab doesn't come out of a shell. It's not genuine. It's imitation. You know what imitation crab is? It's fish boba, is what it is. It's, it's tapioca marinated in fish. That's what crab meat, imitation crab meat is. The point is, to be genuine is to be born with that kind of nature, that kind of quality. And the same is true with us in regard to our genuine concern for other people. If 
our concern or our regard for people is not genuine, it's not going to taste right with God and it's not going to taste right with other people. Well, wait a minute, Pastor. You mean to tell me that genuine regard for people cannot come unless I'm born again and unless I'm a follower of Jesus? But what about those people who don't even believe in Jesus but are showing genuine regard? And that's true. We benefited from people who don't even believe in God, and yet they have genuine regard for people. Here's the difference. The difference is temporal results and eternal perspective. As Christians, we don't think in terms of earthly benefit. We think of eternal benefit. Yes, I benefited a lot from the genuine regards of people who are not even sharing the same faith as I am. But the difference is this. The benefit is temporary. It's limited to this world. Eventually, genuine regard must have eternity in its sights in order for it to be truly, truly genuine. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.